Hi, I'm Todd Nadenson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And like the legend of the Phoenix, we are back with Song versus Song. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, we got a wonderful matchup this week where I don't know if I'm going to even have anything to say except I love these songs so much. We are going to be doing Daft Punk's Get Lucky versus Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars's Uptown Funk. Don't believe me? Just watch. Or just listen. Are you ready? Never. I've never been ready. <laughs> How, we've been recording for over th- three years? I don't know. Never once. No, we're, we're never, why would never I? Prepared. Why would I start now? Okay, well, it's a good thing we have a guest then. Woo! All right. Hey, everybody, welcome into the Song vs. Song Studios. We have legendary YouTuber Mike the Snare. You're a legend now. Thank you. Like Thank you for the distinction <laughs> now. I, I am honored. <laughs> you know what? Let's just launch into it. Which of these is the better song? Lena? No way. You're not going to put that on <laughs> yes. me. No, no. You pick Absolutely right not. Now. We always put it on the guest. We make it hard for them. It's their job. They're the ones that get to suffer. When we have Gosh, guests, I, w- I wonder. I wonder which one you're going to pick. It's it's my duty as a guest. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I won't try to build it up or anything because I have. It has been racking around in my brain for the past couple of days. Um, I'm just going to say, get lucky. I think that's the better song. I asked you if you wanted to do this, and you said yes. You you want to do a get lucky episode, and you just did an episode on your YouTube channel where you talked about how much. You love Get Lucky. Mm. And so I was going to assume that you were going to pick Get Lucky. And then I thought, well, just because you really, 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 really love Get Lucky doesn't mean you're going to pick Get Lucky because this is a pretty tight matchup. It was one of those things where like the first time I thought about it, like Get Lucky was the instant answer. But I was also thinking about it more and I was like, oh, but does like the place where I'm listening to it factor in? Because I feel like Uptown Funk is just a better song for groups if that makes sense like weddings parties (laughs) i don't know wherever you are with other people like if you're in a bar somewhere and everyone's going to start singing along to a song it's probably going to be uptown funk not to say that it wouldn't be get lucky but i just feel like yeah just like when you're at a wedding and get lucky comes on and everyone boos like (laughs) (laughs) we hate pharrell singing on this yes stupid robots Play blurred lines instead. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> I did. Uh, I did have that penciled in as a possibility. Uh, get lucky versus blurred lines, which we were not afraid of blowouts on this show anymore. But I, I didn't want to put Pharrell clearly. versus Pharrell. Yeah, Pharrell would win no matter what. But yeah, that that would yeah. be an instant blowout. I can't. I don't know. When's the I, last time you guys heard blurred lines? Even not that often, I guess. I think that if, if, although I don't know, I think there might be a little bit of a silent majority thing going on for blurred lines where it's easy to dunk on, but everyone still kind of secretly likes it shamefully, but it would absolutely lose to either of these. Mm. Can I say while we're talking about all of this, man, 2013 and 2014, that two year period was very strange. Like there were all these like retro hits all of a sudden coming out that was the years of all about that bass and happy blurred lines obviously i think i, I would count problem by ariana grande in that it's got a saxophone that that yeah it counts i mean she's all dressed up like in the, the 60s in that video 2013 I, I is forever the year of gangnam style and harlem shake <laughs> i think i think gangnam style is 2012 
it carried over. <laughs> it, listen, if you look at the year end uh, of 2013 on the Billboard charts, mm-hmm. it charted in 2013. So I'm going to count it. Our guest has answered. Lena, you must answer. Which half of my body are you asking? Oh, is this like a head versus heart kind of thing or a, or a heart versus ass kind of thing? Which it's one makes so, you shake your ass so, better? So I find that Get Lucky is a titty shaker. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And I, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say I think that generally speaking, Bruno Mars is more likely to make my ass shake, but not your tits shake. I'm not saying that they never do, <laughs> but I do think Uptown Funk is an ass shaker. And I think get lucky is get lucky is a titty shaker. That's it. So it depends on if you're asking my titties or my ass, <laughs> which one is the better song. That's it. That's I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and that's the conclusion I drew. Well, see, here's the thing, and this is probably going to be a song versus song sometime in the future. All the all the the cool kids, the hipsters, the the music nerds, will tell you that Chic was the greatest band of the disco era, and I have always, always, always maintained that Casey and the Sunshine Band were better than Chic. For similar reasons, I think I'm going to go with Uptown Funk over uh, Get Lucky. Chic was always in control of their groove. And Casey and the Sunshine Band were about to, like, collapse at any moment. They were about, they were, uh, they were a riot on the fucking streets. And uh, Uptown Funk is messy. It is all over the place. It's like a like a jam band kind of song versus Get Lucky, which those guys are always in control of that groove. The groove does not control them. Would you say it feels robotic? That's a weird thing to say. Why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) I've just heard rumors uh, through the grapevine. Uh, I I don't want to say anything here to perjure myself legally. So (laughs) (laughs) do you remember your first time hearing either of these songs. Cause I, I know you said you've seen, you have many, 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 many thoughts about get lucky. The first time I ever heard the f- song in full was a radio broadcast sometime in the first quarter of 2013, because I mm-hmm. believe everything up to that point was uh, like song snippets. Like they had done like the, the Coachella advertisement, or I think mm-hmm. they had done like an SNL advertisement before uh, the Coachella one. Yeah, it, it was a pretty good ad. Um, like all I knew were just song snippets. And then I think I found it on like stereo gum, this clip of some what I thought was French, but it's actually a Dutch DJ um, playing the song in full randomly. And I think I must have played that one video. I don't know, like 20 mm-hmm. times on loop the first time I heard it, because I I came into Daft Punk late like I, I'm not one of those people who like her discovery at first and loved it I think I like came to love them through like the random pop culture things that they did so like being on the Tron soundtrack I think hearing robot rock and like Iron Man 2 um, like really really random things and I just sort of had this like association of them being like you know big a big deal but I never mm-hmm. really heard a song in full for myself like in the context of the time it came out get lucky was the thing that changed that and the way that i think about it is that like each part individually is like fine to good on its own but it's the way that like the chord progression works in tandem with nile rogers playing in tandem with pharrell singing about like the legend of the phoenix or whatever 
in tandem with like the robot vocal, like each piece fits together so beautifully that it it just became my jam for the longest time leading up to the the album um, coming out. And then I played the album a ton and then I didn't revisit it for like years after that fact, <laughs> which is its whole, 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 whole memory whole thing going on. I, I can't really remember the exact first time I heard it aside from that broadcast. However, I do remember the first time I heard Uptown Funk for the first time, and that was the SNL performance that Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars did. I, I remember because I didn't have high expectations for it, really. It just seemed like a random collab. And it was <laughs> like they were doing an episode with, I think, Miley Cyrus hosting. And I was like, OK, <laughs> cool, whatever. They've got like a one off single. Who cares? Whatever. And then that performance was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Both that and the, what was it? The other song they did with Mystical? Was that Mr. Cal? Mr. Cal. What was the name of that one? Um, Crap, I can't remember. I was just listening to this album a second ago, and I, the Mystical one is like a real highlight. I want to. Mm, uh, I want to say it has "feel" in the title, but I could be wrong. Feel right. There feel we go. Right. There we go. Yeah, I, I just remember. I, I actually do remember the first time I heard Uptown Funk. I was a. Uh, I was just driving from to my parents' house, and I was like, huh. Uh, I had my phone with me. I was like, oh, there's a new Bruno Mars song. I like Bruno Mars. I didn't love Bruno Mars, but I liked Bruno Mars where he was, his uh, thing was heading. And I listened to it once. I was like, holy shit, this is going to be the biggest song of all time. I heard some talk that people thought Get Lucky was Daft Punk selling out. Not a whole lot of it, but a little bit of it because, you know, that's a pop song. It's a straight pop song versus Daft Punk. What they were known for, you know, was house music. And this was like kind of like a, a play for radio play. It seemed like like discovery does not sound like random access memories. Yeah, it does not. It, like, it doesn't. But I also I think it's I, I see where that's coming from. I think the the one thing I would add to that is just that if it is their attempt at like getting like a sellout like radio play, I think a lot of it is on their own terms because I feel like around that same time, like they could have put out something with Pharrell, like blurred lines, or they could have done, Oh, I, I hate to think of this, but like they could have done a collab with like the big EDM stars of that time. Like they could have worked with like Zed or Swedish house mafia or something like Calvin that. Harris, oh my David God. Getta. Could you imagine? Oh my God. David. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have been able to handle like, Oh, could you imagine like Daft Punk featuring Flo Rida? <laughs> <laughs> Pitbull featuring Daft Punk. <laughs> I actually okay, not, I kind of like, want that, but anyway. <laughs> when when we say selling out, these are extremely relative terms. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I, I I just think it's an era thing, isn't it? Isn't it that Daft Daft Punk hails from a different time, and so probably their core fan base is a little bit older and gives a shit about these kinds of things in a way that people like once you get into the 2010s and beyond don't that makes like they were their legacy was pretty secure by 2013 i want to say daft punk yeah and yeah. They, but they were but they were around way before that yeah they were they were a legacy artist by that point or close to it the same way like radiohead were by then yeah like they had come up in the 90s and like that was that was the big point when like selling out became like a thing that people would talk about so it i guess makes sense that those two would line up yeah well, you know, Random Access Memories won a whole mess of Grammys, right? Yeah. That makes perfect sense. 
like not just because, you know, I like get lucky a lot, but also that's exactly the kind of thing the Grammys like to reward. It's from a band we already know is good. They've already got a few good records under their belt and it's kind of old, but it's kind of new. There's a whole lot of uh, guest stars on it. I was about to say Stevie Wonder. I was like, no, that's the other album. That's the Uptown Funk album. Well, they did do the the, the time they pr- played it at the Grammys, Get Lucky. I think Stevie Wonder Stevie Wonder was play. there. That's right. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah, Stevie yeah. Wonder. Yeah, that was a great performance. Stevie yeah. Wonder makes some really great and some really poor decisions, I feel. <laughs> He's done pretty good shoring up his legacy these uh, these last few decades, I feel like. Whenever he shows up, it's always for good reasons. He's a, he, he's wild good on Wild that. West, what a classic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like Daft Punk. I, oh, I forgot. There's a whole uh, nine minute thing on there where they give tribute to Giorgio Moroder. Moroder. Oh, that's like right. The, uh, uh, Giorgio by uh, by Moroder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mor- that's am I pronouncing that wrong? I'm sorry. I, I think. Wait, shoot. I, I think it is Moroder. I'm probably butchering it yeah, by not doing like the Moroder, like the Italian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. So this is exactly the kind of thing that the Grammys are going to eat up. It's good. It's new. It gives tribute to all the old uh, music that we love. And so in hindsight, I I kind of am not surprised that Random Access Memories has kind of drifted out from the, the conversation. Like this is a good legacy, shorter upper. I don't know. It's fine. It's a fine album. Whew. I don't know. I I guess this this was my big question coming in, right? Which is that when it came out, it felt as though it was one of those albums that people would just remember and care about forever. And then it was, I mean, I don't want to say it was like Avatar being the number one movie and then disappearing completely, but a little. And I keep trying to figure out what it is about that album that ended up being kind of forgettable in a way. And I'm not sure what it is. Okay, for for what it's worth, there's a like a whole like half the people listening to this right now are very angry at us. Cause I, I saw someone say that on uh on Twitter once a couple of years ago. It was like, well, now it's five years out. I was like, we can admit that random access memories aren't wasn't that good, right? It only had a couple of good songs on it, right? For the record, I wasn't speaking to the quality of the album at all. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I don't know that I agree with it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, there are a, a substantial portion of people who are still on the hype train for Random Access Memories because that that guy's day was ruined. He became the main character on Twitter. Yeah, yeah well, on music Twitter that day, at least. <laughs> and there was like a whole like back and forth like because. I don't know, like random access memories does not seem as big now in 2022 as it did in 2013. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, definitely. In hindsight, it's not really that surprising that Daft Punk never really did anything again, except for a couple, you know, collabs here and there. Like that's a that's a that's a goodbye tour, it feels like. It's amazing that uh, they had as good a song on their goodbye tour as Get Lucky. That song fucking rules. Yeah. I remember once uh, also on Twitter, I said, get lucky is Daft Punk's best song. Uh, You know, I'm just trying to be hot take. Get see who see who gets angry at me. (laughs) Sometimes I'll get up there and say creep is the Radiohead's best song. And or Sam Metallica's best song. Just see 
I mean, they are, but <laughs> you're not a fan of how to play guitar by Radiohead. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Um, there are other classic from '93, <laughs> but no, like people don't like you saying that "Get Lucky" is their best song. They, I yeah, I think I think there's an argument for it. Certainly, mm-hmm. I think I, I my my only thought is that. I think sometimes people conflate best with most representative. Like if there was only Mm -hmm. one song you could listen to by a band or artist, it should be this one. And on quality alone, I think get lucky should be up there. But I feel like some people would say like, if you listen to get lucky, then you're not really getting the full story experience. Exactly. It's a good song and it is a good Daft Punk song, but it's not like, I feel like one more time, uh, harder, better, faster, stronger. Like those are the ones that I could listen to, like one of them and be like, okay, I have a good understanding of who Daft Punk is now. Whereas if you did get lucky would be like, oh, these are just some like retro throwback dudes with funny helmets. Like what the hell? <laughs> well, they're, they're sweet. They're sweet boys. Those robots. Are they? I don't know. I listen, you have to understand. I was thinking about this. Also the fact that any music that's after 2010, I switch from being music for me for the most part to being music for, the children. And so as a result, I become like everybody's Jewish mother. And I'm like, those, those, those lucky robots, they seem like very nice boys. <laughs> that Bruno Mars is adorable. I hope he's giving his mother lots of grandbabies. Like I just, it's very hard not to for them. Um, like those songs don't feel like mine. Do you know what I mean? I also have, by the way, a, a theory on, on why it is that Ram does not, remain as large in the memory i think that's in the a random lot of, access memory yes indeed indeed i well i think it is i think it's kind of stored in a specific place and it is the place for vibes if you put that thing out it's a passive listen other, other than get lucky a lot of the tracks on there can just kind of fade into the back of your mind and you can just kind of zone out to them and i think that that's probably a fair amount of death punk but like i don't know there's something about that particular album that as i was listening to it i just i liked it I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it. It was yeah. fine. Like, it, like it's not even that it's bad. It's that it just kind of goes into the background of my mind, and I can like it's an album that. Are you trying to write a novel, a, an article, <laughs> a, a, a poem? Great, it's a good album for that. Um, and I think that if you listen to that Uptown album, that's a very opposite kind of thing. Like, I don't know whether it speaks to the quality of it or not, but that's an active listen. That that album is mostly stuff that is hitting you in the face with what it's doing. It's hard for me to think of Uptown Funk as coming from Uptown Special, the Mark Ronson album. To me, that is like entirely a Bruno Mars song, and it's spiritually a track from 24 Karat Magic, the Bruno Mars album that came out a couple years after. Mark Ronson, I, I think, might resent this a little, that Bruno Mars gets all the attention because he's always going to be a producer. He's a producer. He's never going to be the star. He's not exactly a star quality kind of guy. He certainly doesn't pull focus the way Bruno Mars does. Like the, that entire Uptown Funk video, every time there's a close up on him, I'm like, who are you and why are you here? Uh, is Bruno Mars too cheesy? Because I mean- this is something I've always kind of struggled with. Like, I love Bruno Mars. I love him very much. 
And yeah, I'm always a, a tiny bit embarrassed that I like him as much as I do. But too cheesy for what? As a know. metric, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I remember the backlash after he won all his Grammys. In uh, it, At the beginning of 2017, he won a shit ton of Grammys for 24 Karat Magic. I forget who he was up against, but everyone was like, that was like the worst choice of the five nominees. Oh, yeah. I think that was the year that was like him, Jay-Z, Lord for Melodrama, Childish Gambino for Awaken My Love, and who was the... Oh, the, the last one was... Is like, it Beyonce? Is it Beyonce? I mean, I'm going to look this up. I don't think it was. I think it was It was another guy, I think. For record of the year, he beat Redbone, Despacito, Story of OJ, and... Oh, it was Kendrick. Kendrick was the other one. Oh, that's right. He put out Damn. That's right. Yeah, yeah I think it was, was... Kendrick was the big one, I think. With Lord also, because I think yeah, Melodrama Lord. was like very, very beloved. Yeah, and after that... It seemed like I, I kind of thought it was like maybe this is the end of the the Bruno Mars era. Like this was like an Obama era thing. And we're not ever going to see him again. That turned out to be not true. But it seemed like he was on real dicey terms there for a, for a little bit. And he seems he seems safe. Now, here's what I'll say, though. If things ever go wrong for that man, I think he could take up the mantle of sweat into the oldies. <laughs> that's what I, I think i think he'd be a great new richard simmons bruno mars sweating to the oldies well he is wearing a lot of track suits lately and he does have that curly hair the thing that comes to mind for me like especially after 24 karat magic and the big wins um i think of him like how i think of adele in that they are both you know, technically gifted musicians and they're very, very good at what they do. But I also sometimes feel like there's potential with what they're doing that they're just choosing not to. And I I just wish sometimes they would try to branch out a little bit more. And I think that might be tying into the idea of cheesiness because a lot of what Bruno Mars has been doing ever since, I don't know, Locked Out of Heaven, I guess, has been hearkening back to the oldies to a retro age and i don't know i'd like to see him do other things at some point he doesn't have to listen to me at all he's clearly very <laughs> successful as what he's doing but yeah yeah i so- mean we're we're a year into daft punk being no longer a thing what if oh, yeah. they came back with bruno mars i would eat that you up know, yeah you know i'm not sure that combo works I, I can't tell. And and this was a question that I was maybe going to say for the end, but just because um, our young Mr. The Snare um, had, had kind of talked about the fact in his video that they had split up. Um, and then I realized that uh, by the time this episode drops, it will be just after the year mark since that happened. That was what, February 22nd of last year. Yeah. If they came back, what would you, what would you want from them? What would you look having really sat down and done the deep dive? Check out that video, by the way. What would you want them to do? What could you feasibly see them do if they came back? Oh, that's a good question. I am biased in part because spoilers for uh, my video, but my favorite album by them is not any of their studio records. It's their live recording for a live 2007, um, which was the, the worldwide tour they did um, because it is one of my favorite, if not my favorite live album ever. I kind of would like to see them harken back to 
somewhere in between homework and human after all. And Todd, I agree with you about Bruno Mars not being like, or them not being a really good fit. But I also would have said that about Daft Punk and Pharrell, because in my mind, I would have thought like fair. production of Daft Punk with the Neptunes. And I think that would have been interesting, but not necessarily a surefire win. I think if like Bruno wanted to use Daft Punk in the same way that he and Mark Ronson worked together, I, I like in as he used Mark and his production as a springboard to launch himself into this new kind of sound. I think if Bruno ever wanted like to go somewhere else, he could use Daft Punk and basically make his own, I don't know, one more time or uh, even like a human after all, like a robot rock, something like that. Yeah. I think, I think that's where I'd want to see him go. If, if, if I had to pick. And the reason I bring up Alive 2007 is because I think that kind of song would be most tourable. And I would love, <laughs> I, I want, I want to see them tour again so bad. <laughs> I, so I have a really weird notion and I can't, I haven't been able to flesh it out the full way, but um, you, you know who the traveling Wilburys are? Yes. Okay. So right after the traveling Wilburys, they were a super group. Um, Roy Oberson was a part of it. He died right after that first album dropped. Jeff Lynne was a part of that. Here's what I want. I want a Traveling Wilbur- Wilburys supergroup where it's at the very end of Jeff Lynne's life. He gets to do one last big record and uh, Daft Punk is a part of it. That's what I want. I want him you- to have one last hurrah and I want them to be involved. I think that that would be fucking incredible. I'm not sure uh, Daft Punk Wilburys makes sense, but like an ELO Daft Punk, that does make a lot of sense, actually. Now that I I think about it. Yeah. Wilburys, I only say literally because I was thinking about how Roy Oberson died immediately after that album. And I thought, well, Jeff Lynne is not getting any younger. How many albums does he have left in him? Who Hmm. would be able to give him one last really big hurrah on the way out? And I feel like Daft Punk is so perfect for him. ELO just... This is my same kind of thing with like Daft Punk and Bruno Mars like joining forces. That doesn't make sense to me because Daft Punk are so cool, I guess. Like so chill. I mean, they make jams, but they are not like a bad person. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) What did I say? Jeff Lynn is very cool. If you listen to ELO's time, as I'm bringing this up for who knows how many times on this podcast, yeah. one of the greatest albums of all time, one of the greatest concept <laughs> records, period, and now and forever, um, unquestionably. Yes, I think that I, they well, make th- perfect think, sense. Perfect sense to me. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying Jeff Lynn isn't cool or that Bruno Mars isn't cool. They they don't feel like they have like the restraint that Daft Punk does where they're not trying so hard, like especially Bruno Mars, who is just like constantly mugging for the camera, like constantly like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I wonder if this will factor into the Shatner question that will happen (laughs) at the end of this podcast. Um, We'll get there, Mike. Yes. But I, I wonder, I feel like we've sort of. Daft Punk in the weekend, that was like just an immediately makes perfect sense to me combo. Those two have, like Daft Punk in the weekend, that's a perfect combination. Jeff Lynne, maybe. Bruno Mars, I can't really see it. You know who I could see um, in the same vein as Jeff Lynne and Daft Punk? Um, 
Who is the one member of Steely Dan who's still alive? Is it Donald Fagan? It's yeah, embarrassing. I'm totally going to write a Steely Dan versus ELO. I'm, I'm nobody's <laughs> uncle, so I don't have that answer at the ready. I'm sorry. Whoever, whichever one of them is currently alive, having their last solo album be produced by Daft Punk, I think that could be interesting because the big thing that I don't think you can even take away from Ram now that like, I mean, we can talk about like, like reception now and if it's impact has lasted, but I will say, I think the one way that it has stayed the, like stayed at that pinnacle these days is in the recording quality and how well it's mixed. And it is very similar to Asia in that regard. Like they're both very much studio lab rat records. And I think having their two forces combined would yield something phenomenal. Something phenomenal sounding, at least. You know, in the interest of having a podcast called Song vs. Song, where we have not really talked about the specifics of the song, uh, would you elaborate on that particular point? Just because I think that that's someplace that we haven't gone yet, which is um, the recording of it, the quality of the sound, the way that it was mixed. Um, And then maybe we can also make that, draw a comparison between that and you know, Uptown Funk and how well that was recorded in the instrumentation and all that stuff. Oh, that's a good, that's a good comparison. I remember from looking into Ram that it, I mean, it was recorded in some of the most high caliber expensive studios in the world. Uh, They did the thing where they would record songs on both analog tape machines and digital uh, audio workstations, see which one sounded the best. They really just like had all the time, money and uh, musical expertise in the world to make the best sounding record. And we we were talking about it briefly earlier, but how Ram is some is like a sometimes a passive listen record. A lot of the later tracks on it that where they get like way more experimental and instrumental. Absolutely. Like it it is a very given the fact that it had one of the biggest songs of its year on it. Ram is a really weird record sometimes. I mean, even the the thing we mentioned before, how Giorgio Mordere, there's a nine minute ode to this guy who I think anybody in my age demographic who heard that like before it came out, like, oh, there's going to be a track dedicated to this guy. I would have been like, who the hell is that? Like <laughs> has a funny sounding name. Um, no, I, I the, the weirdest part is the Paul Williams track. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise himself. <laughs> what the hell is he doing on there? It's it's just such a living, weird... Just living, Todd. Simply yeah. vibing. Um, simply vibing. It's... Any, anyway, about the, the production on it is weird. The whole record is weird sometimes. But Get Lucky in terms of its, I guess, production quality, it... I, I think it does a really good job of, like, for the first two-thirds, just sounding like a typical retro throwback track. And then I think the part that makes it really great is that bit where the drums change to sound a bit more like Daft Punk, and then they really enter in with the vocoder part. Yeah, exactly. I I, I love that bit to pieces. Um, and can I, can I tell you something? Yeah. Uh, during the pandemic, I bought a set of rock band drums and I started playing rock band all the time. You can play "Get Lucky" on uh, rock band, and that part fucks me up it is so easy up to that point and then the drums go out of fucking control and i always uh crash out during that part oh because you've probably got to do like what the kick drum a whole bunch to yeah. keep with like the it, drum machine feel yeah it goes uh it's it's just a normal four four thing and then it gets very very difficult during that part jeez also rock yeah. band oh my god um uh, i haven't played that it, in ages 
<laughs> no, it's it's a very niche thing now. Mm. And you know, you you, you both you and uh, someone on uh, the comment section said something about the chord structure of that song. And I, I do know how to play that song. And I was like, what's what's weird about that? It's just a regular four chord song. Four chords are over and over again. And then I was playing it and I was like, wait a second, this sucker never resolves. It never yeah. goes back to the one. Yeah. Because I was doing, I, I was playing Teenage Dream earlier and I, there was like a famous uh, article explaining that it never resolves, which is why it's so great. And like, there's only a few songs like that. Uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac is like that. Mm. And Run Away um, With Me by Carly Rae Jepsen is like that. Is it? Yeah. I, I got It's I'll I think the chord progression is like uh it's like uh like four six five two. There is no one chord in it. Well it's just funny because uh get lucky is a two four six five. Oh, geez. What <laughs> is it about swapping out the one the one for the two? I don't know. That was the secret great. sauce for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> um, Music theory nerds like are are eating this up right now and there's a but they're excellent. I've, I've come to the right of the listeners don't know what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> well, what's going on? <laughs> Favorite horse. Um, yeah, I, I, the last thing I'll say about the production on get lucky and tying this into uptown funk as well. I think even with that one brief, uh, 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 what am I trying to say? Even with that one brief moment where it does sound more like a Daft Punk track, you could easily drop it into something like, uh, you know, the era of like Asia or those kinds of records. And it would still sound like of that era. Whereas I think Uptown Funk borrows those elements, but it sounds like a modern song in a lot of ways. Up to, Uptown Funk? Yeah. Uptown Funk sounds like a modern song. Well, well now, to like, me, Get yeah, Lucky yeah. sounds much like more modern than uh, Uptown Funk. Interesting. Why is that? I don't know. Uptown Funk is... I mean, Get Lucky is a a modern updating of that classic chic Marauder sound versus Uptown Funk, which is directly from 1983. Like every every last element comes from that part. It doesn't sound like an update to me. It just sounds like a really, really good 80s funk song. It sounds like a really good Morris Day in the Time song, but it doesn't sound like. Oh, I'm curious. What did you mean? I think. The the first thing that came to mind was the I mean like the very first thing in the song the do 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 do, do, do. do, do there is something do. about that that sounds very processed to me and I think there's even like at the endings of uh, when they say do like you can hear it uh, like cut off abruptly as if there's a gate on it like it sounds more modern than something like get lucky or. If that makes sense, there's just like a I hate to use this word sometimes, but it's like a sheen like there's a very processed Mm -hmm. sheen to it. And I think it like that. That's not a diss to the track. I think it works largely because of that and because it sounds like that kind of update. But I'm actually kind of interested. So it's. you, You mentioned like it's an update from like 1983. Is it like this might be a totally dumb question for me, but is that is it sampling something? (laughs) <laughs> it is not sampling something. Okay. However, quite a few people who are around in the eighties showed up with lawyers once Uptown Funk hit. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I would have to that. pull up the list because there's a whole bunch of them. One was Young Girls by Collage. That people wrote that came in. Uh, Oops, Upside Your Head by the Gap Band. 
I think they all have songwriting credits now. All Gold Everything by Trinidad James, which is from the from 2012, so that's not an 80s song, but that's where you got Don't Don't Believe Me, Just Watch. Yep. Oh, okay. And then there's some curse words. And then a bunch of that. N-words, yes, yeah. indeed. I, I, someone in the comments called Uptown Funk like a Frankenstein song because there are a bunch of elements from other songs and you can you can easily uh, you know find where they come from and it sounds exactly the same like it huh. might not be a sample but it sounds exactly the same so that's where I'm coming from like maybe it's a little I didn't honestly notice much polish on it compared to like I mean those uh, those 80s funk songs are pretty clean True. yeah huh that's I think that's interesting because I think I, I my first thought of like the modern touch was more on the production side. And I'm realizing now that on the other end of like the songwriting, it's actually the complete opposite. Like it is very much like a hodgepodge of elements from the past. You know, I'm curious. Let's say you're a pretty girl at the bar and on your left comes in Pharrell with his robot buddies. He's up all night to get lucky. But over on the right comes in Bruno Mars. He's too hot. Hot damn. He's smoother than a fresh jar of Skippy. Who would you go home with? Hmm. Who's the cooler guy? Who's the cooler guy? Probably Bruno. Because he's more the focus. Like, I bring, like, he's more the focus of the song, I think. Whereas like Pharrell is kind of like sharing the spotlight with the robots and with Nile Rodgers. Whereas, I mean... Uptown Funk is a Mark Ronson song technically, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's that in name alone. It's it is fully <laughs> it's it's a Bruno Mars song. He he owns the stage with that. And I think that's like the key thing. I think it also and I, I'm I'm my vocalist side my vocalist side is showing, but I think with Pharrell, even though he's got the falsetto going on, it's a pretty reserved performance for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Bruno was just using that song to just, you know, do all of his belting, especially on the repeated like the don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. He, he's using it to don't show believe off me, just and watch. it's great. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah, probably Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Pharrell's pretty effortless. Cool is what sells. Get lucky for me as far as a vocalist side. Like this is a guy who doesn't need to flex versus Bruno mm. Mars, who is, you know, five foot two. He has to go as hard as he can. <laughs> is he five foot two? He's not tall. According to Google. And if Google is saying it, you know it's not true. Um, <laughs> it says that he's five foot five. I oh. think that that is probably not true. If they're saying he's five foot five, he's probably shorter. I don't know. Have St- you seen those pictures? St- statistically speaking, men have a tendency to round up women have a tendency to round down. Have you seen but those regardless, pictures? Regardless, of- I can't believe I'm taller than Bruno Mars. <laughs> I'm an itty bitty. I can't believe it. Have you seen pictures of Bruno Mars next to Taylor Swift? Oh, Look yes. Look that up. Yeah. It's, it's striking. The, like, if he's five foot five, then Taylor Swift was on, like, six-inch heels. Like, it's... Well, she might have been, and also Taylor Swift is, like, 90% leg anyway. <laughs> she's, yeah, listen according to the internet she's five foot eleven and again if we're going on the assumption that she's rounding down she might be a full six feet yeah like i'm just putting the, it out there she's she's a tall, she's very tall 
She would make me feel dainty, and now I suddenly like her again. She could have played basketball. Good fundamentals. Uh, (laughs) Would would probably be better at it than Katy Perry. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Rough, rough. Check out that video. Check out out Todd discussing (laughs) Katy Perry. Well, by the time this drops, it'll be out. Okay. Do you have anything else that you want? Do you want to say about the mix or overall um, music portion of Uptown Funk? Anything else that we feel like we can say about it? What's the best part of Uptown Funk? Because I think we all agree that the robot vocoder breakdown in Get Lucky is like the high point of that song. That shit fucking rules. Yes. What's the best part of Uptown Funk? For me, it's the backup singers. I love those guys. I don't know who they are, but he seems to have the same ones in each and every video. Those guys are fucking great. I sing along with them rather than Bruno, honestly. I I like the outro where the horns really start picking up, and I realize now... It's also a large part because the background guys, I think one of them at one point makes like a bird noise, like, caw, caw, like for <laughs> no reason. <laughs> yeah, I think I, for me, it's that ending bit with the horns and the caw, caw. I, I want to believe that at least one of those guys is Julio. They could all be Julio for all I know, but I want to believe that Julio is a real guy and it's one of those guys. Maybe the guy in like the striped shirt, the one that looks like a Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't he have guy. wouldn't he have the stretch though because there's the bit in the song where he's like julio get the julio, stretch get the stretch i don't know julio shows up in other songs too like julio get that scampi so i guess he's just a manservant of some kind he's a chef and chauffeur if you see any or... if you see one of those guys down by the schoolyard <laughs> you'll, have your, you'll have your answer um I, all right i have a non-musical question but before we go into the the usual questions i feel it is an incredibly important one to ask mm-hmm. i do not believe that it is the traditional music videos for these songs that are the things that stand out in my mind uh or indeed anybody's minds i believe that when you are thinking about Get Lucky, you are thinking of the old Colbert Rapport, that time that they couldn't make it because of an MTV thing, that that being Daft Punk. And so Stephen Colbert gets a bunch of celebrities to come, including Brian Cranston and Hugh Laurie and Jeff Bridges and Henry Kissinger. That was strange. That's, That's right. the only one I remembered, actually. Um, and they just do a big old lip sync. So that's that's that one. And then for Uptown Funk, it's that old movie stars dancing to Uptown Funk. Do we know? Do we know what I'm talking about? Have we seen this one? I have, n- I have not seen that. I haven't Hold seen on. it oh either. My gosh, that's like the, that to me is the one. When I think of that song, I think of that music video. It's just a ton of clips from all these classic song and dance movies, and it's just astonishing the way that. It fits. Oh wow! You aren't you ha- kidding. I mean, it's it's you have to watch it. It is. I mean, maybe the best thing about Uptown Funk is that video. It's and that's a great song, but that video is so cool, and it makes all of those movies. Like I just go down the line. I'm like, oh, I will rewatch all of these movies with all, like a whole fresh coat of paint. And some of them are pretty big movies. I'm pretty sure Singing in the Rain is in there. Yeah, uh, look at it. Look at. It's very cool. I, I'm uh, watching this, and what I'm getting is that there's no wrong way to. D- oh wow. Go, Groucho. Groucho Mark is, is hosting it. 
Well, I thought that everyone was going to know this, and I was going to say which which one, which of those two videos is better. Oh, hoof it, Shirley Temple. Go, Judy Garland. I'm watching this. This is amazing. <laughs> it's very cool. I highly recommend it for anybody. Um, what right. I'm getting from this is that there is no wrong way to dance to Uptown Funk. Uh, go, Gene but, Kelly. But, but it's definitely, again, it's, 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 it's the ass. It's the lower half of your mm-hmm. body that's going. I actually believe that to be the most important thing that you can take away from this <laughs> podcast that I have had to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, why don't we do the, the four questions? We've, we've talked for, for a while. Mm-hmm. And now okay. it's time to focus off. As we do, we ask these four questions. It, it somehow takes all of the gobbledygook of the nonsense that we've said for nearly 50 minutes this time um, and hopefully makes it make sense. Uh, first question, a question of uh, historical importance. One of these songs is going to go away forever. Poof. Fare thee well. Uh, the other one will stick around. Todd for the culture... In fact, no, Mike, Mr. The Snare, for the culture, which song has to stay? For the culture, and this is going to pay me to say it, Uptown Funk has to stay. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, largely, too, because I I mentioned this in the video I did on them, but I cannot for the life of me remember the last time I heard Get Lucky in a place where I did not actively put it on. (laughs) <laughs> like genuinely, I, I have not heard it in supermarkets. I haven't heard it in bars. I don't even think like when my friends put on playlists at parties, I don't hear it. It genuinely seems like it has gone off the face of the earth and culture is, well, I'm not going to say fine. Actually, I'm not going to say anything about the status of culture right now. Uh, <laughs> that's going to mm, say a soft decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Uptown Funk has to say it. It has proven that it can stay. And yeah, I think it should stay. It, it does feel like Get Lucky didn't lead to anything. Like, it was uh, the end of something. I don't know what, but, like, that's, like, the, the final chapter on, on that. And there's no, like, outgrowth from it. I'm not sure Uptown Funk really has uh, much ripple effect either, except that Bruno Mars continues to, you know, be awesome. But, I mean, that's something. And, uh, I mean, certainly Uptown Funk, even, uh, like as the trends turned away from Bruno Mars in 2017 ish, no one stopped liking Uptown Funk. I don't feel like, like it'll have to be like overplayed for many more years before the culture gets sick of Uptown Funk. Like it's going to have to be like cool in the gang celebration. It's going to have to just beat you down at every wedding you ever go to for many years before everyone collectively decides, you know, I've had enough of this. So I yeah I think I think Uptown Funk is the correct answer here. Yeah, I mean here's the thing I can imagine myself just beating the shit out of a coronavirus to Uptown Funk, <laughs> just both fists, just kicking it while it's down. Has anybody tried beating the shit out of an oversized COVID virus with their Upta- with their feet lower lower half maybe with your ass just pound it um, <laughs> to Uptown Funk and maybe that's the end maybe that's how the pandemic ends. <laughs> I think it's possible and you can't say that about Get Lucky. You know, that's I feel like I feel like Uptown <laughs> Funk would make a, a really good uh, you know Goodfellas slash Tarantino style beatdown soundtrack. I'm really into this. That's that's really <laughs> that's really fucking silly and I want it. Yeah. Okay. So we all agree. Great. Yes. So. The first round goes to Mr. Mars. Uh, right. Question number two is is kind of also a history question. Um, 
you could you could experience soup to nuts everything uh um the initial inception the studio recording the live performances the music videos uh, as they may be of one and only one of these two songs which one do you want to be a fly on the wall for Todd will start with you so that Mr. the Snare is not on Mr. the Hook every time. Okay, from what I've I've heard, Uptown Funk's birth was very difficult. Like they were like Bruno and Mark were arguing all the time about what should go here versus what should go he- here, whether this needed better lyrics and stuff. And that seems uh turbulence is always interesting, I think. I believe there was a lot of drinking involved. <laughs> It's a very much a drinking song, yes. All of us want to know what goes on behind those robot masks. Doesn't every one of us want to know, like, what, like, horrible, like, drugs and sex disaster broke them apart? I don't know, Todd. <laughs> whenever, when it, on the rare occasions wherein your actual face appears on the internet, most people are mad about it. So I don't know. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Well, I, I, I do have a very angry making face. No, I, I hadn't actually it's seen It's true. The- I haven't been happy since the day we've met. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, I actually like had resisted uh, looking up what the Daft Punk guys look like. And I can't remember if I had seen it before, but I was like jarred when I watched your video on them. They look pretty they, like French. Yeah. Yeah. They look extremely French. They look like French dudes, which. Yeah. Yeah. You look at that guy and go, that guy's not German. That guy's not British. That's a Frenchman right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't know what I expected, but I feel like I expected more or something like grander. Yeah. But yeah, alas, Frenchman. Just like when you see Todd's face, it's exactly, it's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, it's extremely it's disappointing. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised down. you weren't just a sentient hoodie. <laughs> I, I don't actually own any hoodies. <laughs> Wait, actually? No. Oh my god! Of course, For I, a second, I, like, I was like, "Oh, maybe it's like a hat taped all with CGI. like a shirt on the back." <laughs> CGI hoodie. Um, Hollywood smoke and mirrors. That's it, baby. Uh, all right. You know, now, the, now that you mention it, it's like maybe I want to preserve the mystery a little. That's maybe what I'm to- saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to know. I don't want to know anything about Daft Punk. I want the music to speak for itself. And I would love to to see them do doing their uh, the music video. I think that'd be uh, a lot of fun because that seems like a fun shoot. Versus, yeah. I mean, Get Lucky doesn't have a video. It has like a, a teaser promo ad because they didn't think it was going to be the single for some fucking reason. I, how did you how did you miss that? Wait, really? Like, that's what. Yeah, that's what it was just supposed to be like a, a teaser clip for the, the album and uh, Lose Yourself to Dance was going to be the single. And then they had to like quickly pull out when once Get Lucky just blew the fuck up into the into the stratosphere. That's why there's no video for it. That blows my mind. Huh? Because lose your dance, lose yourself to dance. It's a good song, but it's like, I don't think it's a single. It's like there's no real hook to it. I I get. I mean, there's yeah, like yeah, it's like there's Pharrell singing the lose yourself to dance, but like that's not that's not we're up all night to get some like get that's lucky. it's not on the same level. It's not the same level at all. Yeah, I have no idea how they missed this. I don't know. Maybe once you've been working on it that hard, you uh you just lose objectivity. Or maybe they just don't know good music. I don't know. (laughs) They would have put like Beyond or Motherboard as like the single, like the weird (laughs) ambient piece. Like, yeah, this is what's going to sell the record. (laughs) 
And now on uh, on the radio, our next single, Giorgio by Morodero. <laughs> <laughs> Uncut. That's clearly that's the one that um, Megan the Stallion would listen to to get out to hot girl shit. And speaking of which, right. the, the the third question, um, which is I guess yeah, this is the hot girl shit question. Which yeah. one of these girls is hot girl shit? Megan the Stallion, she's going to get up to a night of it, but she's got to have a soundtrack as she prepares for the night of hot girl shit. Which one is it? Which is going on that on that mixtape? Is it Daft Punk? Or is it your boy Bruno? Hmm. Does think... Megan the Stallion talk about Bruno? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we talk about Bruno? Because <laughs> um, these are both unequivocally hot girl shit. It might be a tie. It's tough, isn't it? They both mm. belong on the mix, I think. Yeah. Megan the Stallion is you know, an aggressive person. Maybe wants the more in-your-face uptown funk. But on the other hand, she's capable maybe that's of being like a little, chill. I don't think that that's that little, assumption. You don't know. She might be a little too, too cool for Uptown Funk. I don't know. That's for, you know, that's for weddings, Uptown Funk. That's for lame old people to dance to at weddings. Maybe Megan the Stallion is too cool for which, that. Which half of Meg are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, here's what I'm thinking right now. I think if. It, they're both hot girl shit, but I think they're hot girl shit for different situations. If that makes sense, like yes. I can imagine using get Lu- or having get lucky in the background as I'm like dressing myself up, trying to look the best that I can, getting into that kind of like I'm gonna go out for a night on the town kind of mood. But I think like when I want when I walk into a place, like the music I have in my mind is closer to uptown funk. But I that's think we're a gonna very have to call this one a tie. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, on their own I, I don't think I could pick like one and feel fully secure in my decision. I don't know that either of you is getting laid though. If you're listening either of those songs, I don't think I don't, <laughs> I don't think either of them is going to lend you towards that. I, I could be wrong. If if one of you gets laid listening to one of these two songs, Never let me know, but make but make a note of it for after I'm dead, and then you can tell the world, but not before, especially you, Todd. Uh, I think it's safe to call it a tie. I I do think that one of them is a little more like slow jam, hot girl shit, and the other one is a little more shake the whole thing, hot girl shit, and I think that's really where we're gonna leave it. Now we have to talk about the most important question, not just of this podcast, but any question in the history of humanity. William Shatner, man about town, horse boy, astronaut who wasn't impressed, <laughs> singer, songwriter, debonair. Uh, he's gonna Is he a do... songwriter? Yeah. Yeah, he has albums. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah, some of them any. are original. They're original tracks okay. on yeah. them. The, the, la- the last record he put out is all originals, I believe. Um, wow. There might be one exception, but they're mostly originals. Anyway, he's going to do a William Shatner version for one and only one of these two songs. I put it to you, Mr. The Snare. Which mm. one of these two songs must be shat upon? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent phrasing. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Here, here's my first thought. I feel like if I wanted to listen to a William Shatner song unironically and enjoy it, I feel like he would do Get Lucky Justice, 
That said, if I wanted to make William Shatner sound like the goofiest damn old man and laugh my ass off, uh, Uptown Funk easily like that, that has more comedic impact to me. And I think knowing me because my brain works weird, I would probably ironically listen to that more than I would unironically listen to get lucky being shat upon. I just, here's the thing. I don't think so. William Shatner doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks. <laughs> if there is one thing that has become absolutely evident, that man does not give a fuck. So I think that the idea he loves, I do think he enjoys trolling people. Like if people are like, I don't know what to do with any of this. I think he, li- I do think he lives for that. Um, so I think it's Uptown Funk. If I'm thinking, what does William Shatner want? Mm. I think he I think he is naturally inclined towards Uptown Funk because I think that he would just it would be so beyond anyone's understanding, even his. And that's what I think he wants. So that's I also think it's Uptown Funk for me. I got to hear him say make a dragon want to retire, man. (laughs) 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 Although, although. The opening lines of Get Lucky, I think he could put some relish into like the legend of the Phoenix. He could. Matter of fact, if it, I, I want some fan art for this episode of uh, a Phoenix versus a dragon, that's going to be our song Ooh. versus song. My one but, thing that I will add. And now that Todd, that now that you've said it, I do want to hear William Shatner do the vocoder part of Get Lucky. like i would roll i would i would die i would die if he did that normally we just have him you know we just imagine him speaking the lines as he does (laughs) but i think we would have to actually vocode him into the same rhythm and melody just i I think that for me this is a real um young shatner versus old shatner you know much in the way that like who do you prefer more young or older elvis I think mm-hmm. if it's young Shatner, it's Get Lucky. I think if it's present day Shatner, it's Uptown Funk. Well, Uptown Funk, you would have to get cocky Shatner, and cocky Shatner is hilarious. I'm too hot. Call the police and the fireman. <laughs> I can't I, do it I like will. he would. But. I, I will call them both. <laughs> right Uptown. away. I don't know why, but I w- would feel compelled. Uh, all right, so I feel like based on these four questions, maybe we're starting to lean towards Uptown Funk. I put it to you now, having discussed this before we get into the the comments and such, has anyone been swayed? Uh, Mike, do you feel like your opinion is different now than when you started? Oh, man. It's the, the evidence presented before me is compelling. And I think through the the barometers that we've set, the the and and the whole being shat upon angle, <laughs> I think the I, most important the, the most important one. I I always wake up asking, what would William Shatner do? Um, I would lean more towards Uptown Funk. That said, there is something very deep within me that it it, it it's got to be get lucky still like. It's it's got to be. I I can't I can't let go of that part of me that is just like screaming at the top of its lungs right now. <laughs> I mean, you've admitted to being a robot in this moment, I feel. Very true. Yeah. You're a, you're one of those Cylons <laughs> that I've heard so much about. 
You'll be in the reboot. Yes. <laughs> the, the reboot, reboot of, the, of reboot. the reboot. Catch me you'll, there. You'll be a, you'll be a robot. <laughs> All right. Um, Todd, now is the time for the people's opinions who actually matter. What, right. what, what did the listeners have to say? All right. Aaron Ruska writes, and apologies if I pronounce your name wrong, Mr. Ruska, Rouska. Aaron Ruska writes, this is the battle between sexy funk and party funk. I haven't been to a party in years due to quarantine, which dampens my desire for party funk. I also haven't had sex in years due to quarantine, which only makes me hornier. So get lucky wins. <laughs> really hope you didn't put your real name on that, Aaron. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I am bold of you to still have a sex drive at this point. <laughs> Mine died years ago. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Staghorn writes the best funk guitar rift of the 2010s versus the best bass rift of the 2010s. How dare you make us choose, Todd? Now, here's a funny thing. I wasn't sure which one was which when I read that. Uh, when I read that comment, it seems pretty clear to me now that the bass riff must be Uptown Funk. But both those guitar riffs are pretty decent, right? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Because it's like I couldn't hum Get Lucky's bass line just like off the top of my head. But I mean, I, I definitely could do the do 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 do. Like that's because the bass line's too complicated. Yeah, it's too it's too awesome. It's too hot. Hot damn. <laughs> hot damn. All right. Gal Hazor writes, Get Lucky got my vote despite it launching a two year period of Pharrell turning from a cool hip hop guy to an overplayed libido killing sleaze bag with a stupid giant Elmer Fudd hat. Oh, the hat. Uh, oh, that's right. I, can oh. we, I mean, look, I don't want to tell anybody how they ought to live, think, or feel. But I just can't get up about the hat anymore. That was a lot. That was, <laughs> it, I just yeah. can't. I just can't care. I personally, I don't care. Like, yes, it was very amusing. And then I got well actually to death about the origins of the hat. And I was like, fine. Oh, okay. And then I thought maybe it's still silly. And then I thought, does it matter? Do I actually care yeah. anymore? No, I think somebody wanted me to not care. And whoever that person is, congratulations, you succeeded. <laughs> All right. Catherine McGill writes, the only song my kid would dance to as a baby slash toddler was Uptown Funk. That forever has my vote. That is That's a good. That is a good baby dancing song. It is very Isn't good. It? Yeah, I I can't imagine a baby really dancing to get lucky, or at least no, that's the, the full length of it. They might like dance for a little bit, but I feel like they'd kind of stop after a bit. Yeah, they they might clap and laugh though. Huh. Yeah. When I All when right. I start renting one of my friends' babies regularly, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a metric. Which song does the baby dance better to? Yes. Good. And I will be taking serious notes and critiquing that baby. Here's a full scientific paper for you. That's it. I, I, I'm going to keep that note and I'm going to give it to that child as they grow up so that they feel bad forever about themselves. Traumatize them as early as possible. That's what I say. It's going to happen eventually anyway. Might as well be me. Elena Lasanti writes, Uptown Funk would have made the Shrek soundtrack. Yes, that is true. I mean, see, his Uptown Funk is really a victim of its own success here. Like, it's when you need a crowd pleaser, it's always going to be there. Yeah, but oh man, I I can't, I I I cannot imagine that. It's it's like I see two and I see two. I put them together. I can't get four. I just can't. 
I can't imagine because where in I'm trying to think of like, oh, in what moments could they replace like a song from a Shrek movie with Uptown Funk? I don't I don't know. Maybe like I, th- uh, I think the suggestion is that if they make a new Shrek movie. Oh, donkey, okay. donkey is absolutely singing that song. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. All right. Molly Greaves writes, every time I hear get lucky, it reminds me of my hamster called Lucky who would escape in the middle of the night and we'd be up all night to get lucky back in his cage. <laughs> you ever get the sense that people are making something up? <laughs> and then do you ever think it doesn't matter? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh I want that to be true. And if it's not true, then it is true because I yeah. said it is. Yeah. That's right. All right, one last one. Why do I bother rights? Really hoping Mike the Snare guests on this one. Oh, good news! <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah, You'll, yeah. I'm. You did it. You willed me into existence. <laughs> okay, I you think didn't that's actually what... exist before this. I really didn't. This I was, was literally just point. a microphone and a snare drum, and then someone wished for me to be a real. I'm like Pinocchio. I'm really happy oh, for you. Yeah. Thank you. Hooray! <laughs> All right. I think that's our last comment. So now. We must end with the results. Lena, Mike, who'd you think won and by how much? I'm going to leave it to Mike because I, the last I checked, there was a definitive answer and I don't, I don't, oh, well, I don't, then, I won't then you checked, in. then you checked wrong because I'm no. going to, I'm going to say Uptown Funk won and I'm going to say, uh, let's say like 70% to 30%. Wow. All right. What was it, Todd? Oh, boy. Okay. For a total of 578 to 554, a 51% to 49% split, Uptown Funk's going to give it to you. That is close. It was was a razor's edge. We've had closer, but... It was tight. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, the tightest one we've ever had. And but that, that's exactly but that's exactly what it should be, right? Like yes. I don't think at any point was I thinking there's a clear obvious winner on this. I I, I kind of expected Uptown Funk to not uh, to win by more than 2%. Yeah. I was like it's like 55-45 sounded right to me. Maybe even 60-40, not wow, like this is a uh, this was extremely tight. I think people just love Daft Punk so much and I think that that's a big part of it. Yeah, you say mm. you do, you you don't hear get lucky anymore, but you you hear it in your heart, I think. Like, people have not stopped loving Get Lucky, even if you hear Uptown Funk a lot more. Yeah. Maybe that's in part why they love Get Lucky still, because they haven't, like, it hasn't been overplayed since the year it came out. There will be a day I get sick of Uptown Funk. Yeah. But it is not this day. Make a dragon want to retire. All right, thank you for listening. Um, Mike, you want to plug your uh, YouTube page real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me as Mike the Snare on YouTube. I do uh, deep discog dives into artists' discographies. I just did one on King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Uh, I also do album roundups and longer essay videos about uh, the de- music that defined a decade or the Grammys. Um, I'm also Mike the Snare on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, thank you both for having me on. This has been excellent. Thank no you problem. for coming. Oh. I don't think we could have done this without you, honestly. <laughs> no, we didn't prepare at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Lena, you uh, you have a new podcast you're starting up. It's weird. Um, so 
after many moons of just doing thankless paid work, I'm now doing work I enjoy that pays me nothing. Please check all of it out. I'm doing a new podcast. So if you like this format where there's a comparison between one thing and another thing, um, you might like uh, Battle of the Boutiques, brand new. Um, It is a part of the Destroy the Brain uh, brand of podcasts. Instead of songs, we're comparing weird fucking movie releases. Uh, So, you know, mostly horror movies, but sometimes exploitation, um, you know, kung fu action movies, stuff like that. And we're comparing not just the movies themselves, but the releases. What's the quality of the transfer? How's the packaging? What are the extras? Real fucking nerd shit. So if you like weird movies as much as you like songs, I think that you will like uh, Battle of the boutiques. Uh, and if you want to check out all of the transgender bullshit that I write about, I'm coming back. Um, that's on medium under the same thing as, uh, my Twitter handle, which is Alina is you. And, uh, I'm writing about star Trek on a, uh, on a website now. Uh, what's the name of that website? Good question. Um, that's bell of lost souls. Good grief. Um, so if you're watching star Trek and you want to hear what my thoughts are on modern day star Trek, Bill of Lost Souls. Yay. Yay. All these things I actually enjoy writing, which is a huge change for me. Would love yeah. to make a living doing this stuff, but like <laughs> it's all stuff that's from from the fart. It's all stuff that I really mean. Um, so check out all that stuff, but especially that new podcast. I'm very proud of it. And I'd like to plug my podcast really quick. It's called Song vs. Song. And Sounds you can like che- shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you can check that out on Patreon. And if you donate a dollar to us, you can uh, listen to our bonus episodes we talk about a different movie every month, usually music related. So if you want to know what we think about various things, you can check that out and get extra bonus uh, content. If you can't do that, just thank you for listening and uh, plug us to your friends. Anyway, you ready for the next episode, Lena? Never. Literally never. What is it? Uh, I must have Katy Perry on the brain because we are going to be doing Roar by Katy Perry versus Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Why? (laughs) I don't know. We're going to have to go through there with the microscope to pick out little differences because they're the same fucking song. But I I, I wish I had not already come in recently and called an audible because looking at music from this era that we just covered made me really want to do AWOL Nation's Sale versus Imagine Dragons Radioactive. And if we don't fucking do that at some point. I think I have that in the big list some Hey, we. I let you call an audible uh, a couple weeks I know. ago. We're not doing that, it again. That, but we should do the, this in the uh, future. That was the episode you preempted. So now we're getting around to it. Okay, we will eventually get around to that. Uh, and if we don't, uh, there will be an even worse fate than an episode where we ped Sale versus Radioactive, and nobody <laughs> wants that. Do people re- still remember Sale? I haven't heard that since 2012. Sale, <laughs> Sale. <laughs> All right, check that one out. Uh, Roar versus Brave. That's our next one. Good night, everybody. Hi. Good night.